0: We're Foreign Affairs Theatre Company, talking all things theatre and translation, and you're listening to our podcast, Five Questions. Today's short conversation is between playwright Marc-Antoine Sear and translator Karis Ainsley in the run-up to our production of Where I Call Home. Hi, Marc-Antoine.
1: Hi, Caris. How are you doing? I'm fine. And you?
0: Yes, I'm good. Thank you. Um, I don't recognize your background. Are you somewhere no.
1: new? Yeah, because I'm in Montreal right now. It's the place okay. I was born. But I'm not uh, living in Montreal. Currently, no. I live in Paris. So You know that. I'm a, I'm a French playwright now, mm-hmm. but I was born in Montreal.
0: A French playwright, um, but with the eye of an outsider, I think that allows you to observe things that others might not.
1: Maybe, maybe we can say that.
0: Yeah. One of the things, um, when we were working together on the play, we talked a lot actually during um, the translation process and you were always brilliant at answering my questions um, and steering me on the right course. But I was thinking actually that one of the things that was really important um, but that we didn't really discuss um, in that process was the original title of the play. So we eventually um decided on an English title, Where I Call Home. But the title Jean du Pays, can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, Jean du Pays, if I translate it literally, it would be People from the Country. And it's a Quebecois anthem. It's It was written by Gilles Vigneault uh, a few years ago. <laughs> and it's also the song, the, the song that we sing at birthday parties. You just switch Jean du Pays for the name of the person and then you sing... Uh, it's a song about love, about being yourself, embrace your identity, and it's the the theme of the play is identity, but in France. And uh, while I was writing on that theme, I just wanted to show uh, that it wasn't written by a real French playwright. <laughs> it was written by someone who came from uh, another world, another. Place, so that's that's kind of uh, the funny thing about it. Because in France, they do not know that "Jean du Pays" is from is the, the Québécois anthem. Okay. And you, carries so you're a translator, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you do not translate you did not translate theater before it was the first time you translated theater with me that's quite of an honor and uh, I mean, my first, <laughs> my, first, my, first, my first question to you would be what do you find in theater that you do not find anywhere else
0: Ooh, i think um in terms of experience of going to the theater um i just love um that Um, the specialness of the feeling going somewhere, the anticipation as you wait for the lights to go down and the excitement of a story unfolding um, and the sense that it's a really special moment that that story is being told just for you and that audience at that time. Um, And it doesn't matter however, you know, how long the run is, maybe it's, it's on for weeks and weeks or months or years, but in that moment... That story, that that version of it is just for you. Um, and these people are enacting it just for you. And I think it, it probably sounds a really strange thing to say as somebody who works with words, but it, it it's it bypasses the words. I think it's such um, it can be such an emotional experience and such a visceral experience that actually the text um doesn't really matter and in a way the spoken words almost don't matter what you want is to have that feeling and to connect with the feelings on stage so being part of that as a translator um to me is really exciting because I can um try to um I when I'm when I'm working on it I feel almost like I'm part of the audience and so I'm feeling it as a member of the audience but I'm also Part of the, a part of the 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 team that's kind of creating the work of art, if you like. Um, I'm I'm being let in on the other side, um, to try and kind of recreate that in English.
1: Great, great feeling.
0: <laughs> I think um, one of the things that I um, really love about your writing is the simplicity of it, um, and I think in a way. The texts are deceptively simple. Um, the dialogue isn't heavy. It's not um, not overly complex, and it kind of draws the reader, draws the audience in. But then suddenly, you feel yourself actually in the grip of really strong emotions. And I wondered, is that does that come naturally, or how do you create that when you're writing?
1: Um, I think I would like it to be natural, I like it to look natural, but it comes with a lot of work, actually, because when I begin to write a play, I do have a large amount of notebooks full of works. I do write and write and write and write. Like if I wanted to exhaust language, uh, I'll uh, exhaust the, the theme, say everything about it and then i do uh, write uh, the inside thought of every character they they relate all the story in different notebooks and when i do finish that i begin another part of the work that is removing and i call it unwrite the play because i feel that when you remove 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 and just let the quite simple words that you need to make the actor breathe the emotion of it, you do produce something uh, bigger, something stronger. But it's like maybe it's like uh, like a sculptor when he has the big block of rock or, or wood of, or something like that, and he removes, 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 and then in the middle of it, there's something simple. It's the piece. <laughs> so that's how I. Do like to work to make feel complex emotion with simple words
0: and it's it's so powerful and I think so so devastating in some of the moments in in um, where I call home <laughs> it's incre- I think that contrast of the simplicity with the with the kind of intensity of the emotion is just um, blows me away really. But I find it really fascinating what you're saying about writing the kind of internal thoughts of the characters because um, in the play, the characters um, have um, names that suggest a kind of simplicity, almost potentially a um, one-dimensionality, a one-dimensional quality. So they're called Martin, 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 Kevin, Kevin, and Laurie, Laurie. So can you... Tell me a bit about how those names reflect what's going on in the play.
1: Uh, the, as I said, the theme of the of the play is identity and how you feel that you belong to a country or not, to a culture or not, and especially for young people coming from another culture, you how they relate or not to the country they were born in, and I find I, I find it quite quite funny that in France, they do have a lot of English names, so uh, it was kind of funny for me to say that my main characters talking about friends, talking about how French they are, were named Kevin, <laughs> Laurie. <laughs> And the one that is not seen as a French is called Martin Martin. So I wanted to play that game with the names that I think is funny, but I think it's also full of sense with the theme of the play. And I know that you, you do know French culture a lot because you, you lived in France for a bit and you you just relate to it a lot. You do speak French brilliantly. So, I wanted to know, which part of your brain or self likes French language the most? I
0: I think French is really kind of bound up with me as a teenager and as a young person. When I was at school, I um, had a French pen friend, um, and I think it was the first really true friendship I had, and it was very special. Um, And I spent a lot of time with her and her family, and then some, and then other um, French friends and families. Um, So it's kind of (sighs) bound up with being independent, being away from home. traveling, um, I suppose, kind of finding a freedom to be who I wanted to be without kind of other people's preconceptions coming into it. And I found that very freeing. And I suppose now that I'm working and doing something that I have wanted to do for a really long time, um, translating for the theatre. I'm kind of reconnecting almost with that young person um, that I was when I was growing up and the the dreams that I had then. And it it feels very special.
1: And do you think that Jean du Pays is a typical French play or is it something else?
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, I don't know that I would be able to say what a, typical French play is. um, I think it doesn't have um, the intellectualism that I might associate with French culture, um, if I can say that without being chased out of the, <laughs> chased out of the um uh, french uh, french translation theater translation market um i think when i when i think about some of the things the french plays that i've seen in the uk i there's been a kind of a realism to them like I, um almost like a really heavy realism to them that I really kind of shy away from um and I think what I really love about your writing is the lightness the abstraction um the kind of absurd moments um that lighten it and make it something um other than other than just other than real um which is kind of what I want when I go to the theatre, and it's certainly what I want when I'm translating for the theatre. What it actually, the writer it reminds me most of is a British writer um, called N. F. Simpson. I, I don't know if you know him.
1: No, I don't know. Um, he he um,
0: writes di- I, 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 he writes dialogue um, between couples in a domestic situation that is absurd and comic, um, that really makes me think of the the Uh, conversations between Kevin Kevin and Laurie Laurie and I must send you some because it's uncannily Mm. um, close
1: yeah I'm curious
0: I've got another one for you so um we um when we were working on the on the translation um, you write with no punctuation and (laughs) I I I found that impossible. I, f- I found it actually, I really struggled to to translate without the punctuation. I think because that was my way of finding the rhythm mm. of the text. But how did, did you mind that? Um, and do you think that not having, uh, that, that, did you, do you think that having punctuation in the English language text has actually changed the text?
1: Um, I don't think it did change it uh because basically it's something that works maybe better in french to uh put pull back the, the punctuation it's a thing that i do and i'm not the only one to do that in french because i think that french is as a, a different rhythm a different uh and i It's a part of the work that I want to do uh, until the end, like like I said, to remove everything and to leave the naked word. It's also a part of that work to pull back the the punctuation, just to see how the actor can find his own breathing in it. (laughs) But when we were working together, we felt that in English it's not the same the rhythm is different and if we wanted to uh put the right sensation to it we had to put back the punctuation and i think it works better because you feel better uh the words with the way the way you pull them and i don't know if, if it has been the most Challenging thing for you to to do in the text because it's as you said uh, it's without punctuation. Maybe it's not the same that uh, other French French plays. But did you find something more challenging in it while we were working together?
0: I think. Um the most challenging question about what we do with the play was whether to adapt it or not and to set it in England. Um, and as you know, we worked on two different versions, didn't we? So we'd had the, the UK based version and then the French that was closer to the original and we called them the garlic and the gravy. Yeah. Um, and I was actually working on the garlic and the gravy simultaneously, pretty much until we went into rehearsal. Um, And it was amazing because Foreign Affairs kind of just said to me, do what you need to do and take your time, take space to work out how, you know, what you want this play to be. Um, And that was such a gift. Um, And I think it was it was really fascinating to kind of try and work out what needed to be changed to set it in England. Um, not least challenging was find because there were a lot of literary references in the French, um, in the original French, um, including Proust and Rambou, and trying to find equivalents for those in English was kind of a, was a was a really fun puzzle, and it was an intellectual challenge. But I think, in a way, um, the more you start. Adapting, the more questions arise, and the more the the actual kind of process of translating becomes an intellectual exercise because you're having to consider so many other things. And in a way, that detracted not just from the play, but from the actual experience of translating it, I suppose. Um, But also, I mean, I think something that you really helped me with was finding the lightness of the words, of of the rhythms because I think I, I do hear rhythms and I can reproduce rhythm per se um, mm. with, um, I, I find that something that I can do, but it was it was the breaks and the lightness um, and it was when you pointed that out to me that I suddenly, I think it kind of went on to, a, it, went, it kind of all moved up a level. Mm. But you've been doing some... Um, Writing that's not theatre, haven't you? You've just had your first Recently, book published. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm very tempted to say, do you have a translator in mind for that? But I won't ask you. That.
1: <laughs> Maybe we can talk about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. Uh, what I wanted to know was, is is that kind of writing very different from
1: writing for the stage? Yeah, it's been it's been a different path a different uh, way of expressing things because during the pandemic I didn't find in myself uh, that path to write theater because it, everything was closed uh, and to write theater I need to feel in my body something that appeals me to to go uh, uh, forward but then, during the pandemic, I, I, a story happened in my life. A woman that I loved disappeared uh, briefly. So I wanted to write to her first. And then I saw that it just opened something. I had a lot to say to her. So I began to write and write and write and write. And for, for that time, I didn't feel the... Um, the energy to uh, remove. I just wanted to say everything. So it was a long breath thing. And uh, it became uh, a writing project that I wanted to, to try. I went, it was my challenge to see if my writing could support that kind of long breath. Uh, because in theater, I do write uh, plays more short. And then I went through that and I saw that it was, I felt better after that. So <laughs> I wanted to share it and now it's a book. It's been published uh, last week. Oh, congratulations. Autant I don't know if you can help me with the title to, to say it in English.
0: I, uh, I would be inclined to say might as well stay or might as well stay here.
1: Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So maybe we can talk about it seriously after that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and another question that I wanted to ask it. Um, we were together when we when the actors first met the play. And we had a, a very beautiful day together because something happened there. And then Foreign Affair decided to go forward with it. And I'm so happy about it. But how did you feel when you heard the actors pronounce the words that you chose so precisely? How did, how did you feel that?
0: It's an incredible moment, I think, when you hear the words spoken, and mm. it's it's this whole thing of it um, becoming about the emotion, I think, and getting rid of the getting rid of the text. And I mean, obviously they were reading from a text, but as soon as it's spoken, it just takes on another another life, I think. Um, and I think we were really lucky as well because we heard it spoken. We had it read by the cast, that will be playing it um, in a very short time. Um, and it's lovely to see people discovering it. I think for me listening to it, it's hugely exciting because this is, you know, that's the moment where it really is a... A, a piece of translated theatre. It's it's no longer, um, you know, just words on a page. But I think um, what I want when I'm here, when I'm listening to it, I'm still um, kind of hearing it as a translator, and I'm still trying to work out whether this work, this this line is. Um, it's as good as it could be or you know is it is it natural is it easy enough for the for the actor to say so i i'm still listening to it with that kind of critical view and i i'm really looking hoping that when it's in production we'll I'll actually be able to kind of see it as a an audience member and just appreciate it for what mm. it is <laughs> That day, though, I mean, I I was also watching your reaction to it because that was the, although you'd read it, um, it was the first time that you'd heard it in English. So what was it like for you?
1: Yeah. It was, I remember it like a moment of great joy because the pleasure they had to dive into our text was so obvious and they just, they just were into it, like immediately. And I remember that they 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 said you you laughed a lot during the play. Is it that funny? <laughs> and I said no, it's not that funny. It's just that I'm too happy. <laughs> it was it was a beautiful moment. And we knew that something was going to happen after because I remember the actor saying at the end, "Can we go forward with it? Can we do it?" can we do it? And then they said, I think we're going to do it. (laughs) It was just the beginning of something. And I can't wait to see them next week uh, performing it because I know they will be amazing and brilliant as they they have been uh, the first day. Yeah. I think
0: it's going to be brilliant.
1: (laughs) Hope so. But I'm pretty sure of it.
0: (laughs) I'm so looking forward to seeing you when you come over for the production and seeing the play live it has been the most incredible experience i couldn't have wished for a more wonderful play or a more wonderful writer for my first um theater translation project and i'm so honored um that you let me work on your text thank you so much and see you soon
1: <laughs> thank you so much Carry. it's an honor to me thank you very much
0: for listening we hope you enjoyed this first episode of five questions where call home opens on tuesday the 23rd of november and plays until saturday the 27th of november to find out more and to book tickets please visit our website for an affairs.org.uk hope to see you there bye for now